0: amazing rewatch listeners. This is Jessica and Sadie. And today we are recapping season four, episode seven of The Amazing Race. And we have a very, very special guest joining us today. We're super excited. Would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Sure. Hi, everyone. It's James Wallington, one half of team Will and James from season 32. And of course, a self proclaimed Amazing Race super fan. And I'm so excited to chat with both of you about season four, episode seven, because it's a blast from the past. I felt very nostalgic watching it. And it's actually a really great season. And it was really nice to freshen my memory on this season.
0: Do you remember anything about this? Had you watched, I mean, I guess you have watched the seasons before you went on the show.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I, season four was, I think, a profound season for me growing up just because of the representation Chip and Riken brought to the season. That's something that like was ingrained in my memory from a very young age. Um, But I haven't rewatched this season specifically since it aired. Um, And it wasn't one of the seasons that Will and I rewatched in preparation because I have more like OG seasons that I'm like, these are my favorite seasons. And I wanted to rewatch them with Will. And then we obviously watched the more like recent seasons just because it's evolved. The show has evolved so much. It's insane. And just even rewatching season four, I'm like, God, like there's so many elements that I feel like this new era of the race are missing out on that I would love to see the future seasons to come.
0: Yeah, it's been really interesting to see at what point things get implemented and going from because we haven't watched the recent seasons in a while. So going from season four, and then we did watch um, your episodes in India. And we were like, wow, this is so different. (laughs) different.
1: So different.
0: (laughs) Yeah, It's come a long way for sure. Well, we posted a few things on Instagram, and um, James kind of, like, responded. We chatted back and forth, and he offered to be on our show, and we are so grateful for him and so excited. I literally feel, like, starstruck right now. I know. (laughs) Now,
1: you guys, first and foremost, I will forever and always be a fan. So, like, I love talking about the show. Like, I recapped many seasons of The Race at AfterBuzz TV before I even got on the show. So I, I always love an excuse to talk about this show that I love so much.
0: Awesome. I love that. <laughs> we actually did want to ask you about like the comparison of Chip and Raiken, like just how they kind of wanted to hide that they were in a relationship and how things have changed in the last 20 years. That's
1: a great point and question i mean yeah like the show and i think society has evolved so much and like even rewatching this season just seeing chip and Riken kind of have that internal struggle of whether they're whether or not they even wanted to share with their fellow racers that they were a gay couple let alone married and then will and i on our season like they didn't shy away from it it was not an issue like just because Mm -hmm. we've evolved so much as a society and so I I, I do think there's some similarities and in, and in how like Chip and Riken raced, and I'm like watching it. And I'm like, wow, like there's so much like Will and I. It's kind of bizarre, um, but it, I, I do think it speaks volume to just how far we've come. Even though I feel like we still have a lot more to like growth to, well, yeah, uh, yeah well, longer well. way to go. But um, yeah, I, even in episode two of our season when Will and I kissed on the show, I was like, oh my god, like the fact that they put that in there, and I, I even Kelly. One of the Olympians from our season who ended up officiating our wedding, she like texts us the moment that even aired. And she's like, it's so amazing that they even like put that kiss in the show for you too. And like just how far the show has come. And I'm like, yeah, like Joe and Bill on season one, team Guido's were known as like domestic partners. So it's just, yeah, it's crazy.
0: Yeah. I for sure thought about that. Like immediately when I watched the first episode of season four and they said that, we're not going to tell other racers that we're a couple because we don't think they'll make alliances with us and they'll judge us mm-hmm. you know i was like oh my gosh and this was before you reached out to us because i was like oh my gosh just imagine like will proposed to james i know on season like and that was 20 years and you think 20 years wasn't that long ago but like a lot has happened like it I mean, really I was, is
1: wild
0: yeah gay marriage wasn't even legal then
1: so. no but, no it's it's yeah. crazy and i'm like now even thinking about it yeah they were worried about like even telling their you know fellow racers like oh we're a gay couple but like Will and I were more concerned about telling people we were super fans of the show like it's <laughs> just t- such a contrast <laughs>
0: <laughs> well I guess we can jump into the episode we kind of just go through the episode we um, give our feedback and our opinions on things and do a little recap so we can get started on that and we would love to hear all your input as we go on.
1: Yes, let's do it.
0: The last episode, we were in India. So we have two legs in India. The last episode, we were in Mumbai. And it was a very much a culture shock to the racers. I think this was the second time we had been to India on the Amazing Races. Is that right? Yeah, I think they went in season one, one as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was very much a culture shock to the racers. But we watched your episode. You guys were in a different part of India. Yes. Was that the first time you had ever been to India?
1: Yeah, first time we had ever been to India. And of course, just from rewatching the seasons in, in preparation for the show, India was always one of those countries where, like, I feel like it just always seemed very overwhelming to the teams that mm-hmm. were racing there. And we were really excited. Um, especially because Hyderabad specifically had never been featured on the amazing race and just there was a huge difference you know you know re-watching episode six and episode seven of season four it's very very different in terms of like Hyderabad you know Hyderabad just from the research that I've done is like the 63rd world's like wealthiest cities in the world obviously and then it's also India's fifth richest city so a lot of that poverty that they were experiencing on these two episodes 6 and 7 what was very different from what we saw. I think a lot of what we experienced was just the population and how congested everywhere was with just, like, the people. Um, but, yeah, very different places of India. And just to see those differences is, is crazy.
0: Yeah, it was – on your episode in India, it just seemed, like, kind of chaotic, but it mostly focused on, like, technology yes. and – kind of like the higher society of India. So it was definitely different than watching these teams in Mumbai. Yeah. India, I mean, it's huge. And it's now the most populated country in the world It surpassed China and the different areas. It's like such different cultures everywhere you go. And we see that in this episode too. Last time they we were in Mumbai, we traveled to a different area in India this episode. But yeah, it's very, very interesting. <laughs> Like we said they left Mumbai last episode. The first team to be leaving today are David and Jeff and they depart at 12:51 a.m. and they open their route info and it says travel by train to Ernakulam Erna- Junction. Is that how you pronounced it? Ernakulam? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's a better
1: way of pronouncing it than I ever could. So that's probably <laughs> correct. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So uh, that is 860 miles by train. They first have to get to the Poundville train station and then travel 860 miles to Ernakulam Junction. So they know they have a very long train ride ahead of them.
1: Well, yeah, and I feel it was interesting seeing everyone's different approaches in terms of like some teams slept at the the train station and other teams Mm -hmm. like John and Kelly, and I believe the clowns, stayed back at the hotel. But then there was that little tiff between John and Kelly about like what time they were going to leave just because Kelly, I think was just very overwhelmed at, at how congested the public transportation was and the like prior.
0: Yeah. I think she had a bit of a rough experience with the groping and fondling. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Well, they were told they have $70 for this leg of the race. We're always very curious how, tight you feel like you have to be with your money because some chose to do a hotel and some chose to sleep on a floor of a train station that was didn't seem to be very like hygienic. (laughs) So how did you feel when you were trying to decide what to splurge on or what to save on?
1: Yeah I think Will and I were probably one of the more frugal teams on our season when it came to the leg money like very early on leg one when we were traveling to Trinidad and Tobago. We were in an airport on a layover in Houston and you know, the teams kind of separated and found food and did their own thing. And Haley and Kaylin like blew their money on Wolfgang Puck in the airport. So they didn't have anything going into that first leg, but they're just so cute and so charming. And their personalities are just like so adorable that they didn't have to pay their cab driver the moment we got out of the airport and had to go to that fruit stand and push those, you know, oil cans. So it varies for different teams, but with Will and I, we were like, we're not going to spend money if we don't have to. And if we do splurge, it's gonna be us splitting a meal together. The only time we ever splurged was at a Shake Shack in Dubai, and we shared a <laughs> burger. And we were we were like, Ooh, we're, you know, we're big spenders now, Shake Shack, but no, we split the burger. I do think you know the leg money you get, and they really preface this before you leave, is that they obviously have done the course multiple times before the racers do it themselves so the the producers and the creators of the show kind of already know what the the cost would look like per team so they're like here you go but obviously sometimes you might get a cab driver that's going to charge you more than another team or vice versa so it's just like a rough estimate so that's how Will and I were just like we gotta be smart about our money because you never know when we're actually going to need it because we might get a cab driver who's going to overcharge us and then it's just going to hold us up. So with this particular, like, I I also think with the earlier seasons, the leg money, I think were a bigger factor than the later seasons. um, Just because there was a lot more public transit that they had to account for, like deciding if they're going to take a cab somewhere, if they're going to take the train somewhere, just, we never really had to experience that, but I do think in the earlier seasons, leg money is a huge, huge factor and people needed to be smart about how they spent it.
0: I didn't even realize like all these years watching that you had to pay for your own food with the leg money. I remember in season two that we just watched a few months ago, it was a brother and sister team. They're like, "Yes, I'd rather sleep on the beach and eat than sleep in a hotel and starve. And I'm like, oh. Wow, I didn't even, like, put that together that you actually had to pay for your own food. Yeah, I mean,
1: obviously, like, once you check into a pit stop and the leg is done and you're not actively racing, then production takes really good care of you. Like, you can order room service, they have food waiting for you at the pit stop, but when you are going from point A to point B, from pit start to pit stop, everything is on the team. And so you really have to be smart. Like if you want to buy, you know, a granola bar at the airport, are you sure you want to do that? So we brought a lot of <laughs> we brought a lot of snacks with us before we even left, and like even Hung and Chi had a huge tub of protein powder. So
0: oh, that's smart. Yeah,
1: mm. yeah, it's better to just not spend the money if you don't have to.
0: Yeah, very interesting. Okay, well, so our next team to leave is. Riken and Chip at 1252. So they're just one minute behind the first place team and they make some phone calls. They realize that the train to, well, that word, I it's really hard to say. <laughs> That's really far away. Not- <laughs> not- <laughs> it doesn't leave until 1120. So like we said, they have a long time and they're, this is when they're deciding how they're going to spend the night. Um, Kelly and John leave not long after at one nineteen, and They're already talking about how, like, they're not getting along too well, but they are. I mean, they're just a very interesting couple. Like, they fight, but they kind of, like, understand each other.
1: Yeah, because, like, in their interviews, they're, like, laughing and giggling, especially when they make fun of Chuck and Millie. But when they're Mm -hmm. racing and the stakes are high and the stress kicks in they're like kind of awful to each other (laughs) more so like him to her like she just wants to be heard and i feel like john just never really listens to kelly or takes her opinion into consideration it's like dude like Mm -hmm. you're a team like you both should have a say and yeah i think she just wants to be heard
0: that'd be so frustrating to have that teammate because yeah he like just does stuff without even talking and she's just like following him around and it's like what are you doing you know well especially (laughs) when she was like
1: i you know got groped on the train like i just don't he like he couldn't put himself in her shoes or hear her experience like really understand and that was just really frustrating to watch like dude like this woman you're in love with that you want to marry is trying to tell you like she doesn't feel comfortable on the train I mean, we see it later Mm -hmm. in the episode, too. But, like, just from the start, she's trying to vocalize that. And he just does not seem to care.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That part really, really annoying me. She literally had to ask him, like, ten times, stand behind me, stand behind me. And he just acted like he didn't even hear her. He was just, like, kind of making fun of her. And and then jokingly grabs
1: her butt and, like, yeah. Yeah. Mm -mm.
0: And she was so mad. And I'm like, I would be so mad, too. And it just, I don't know. It's just really funny because, like, on the race people's like real true obviously we know this their true side comes out and i think a lot of times when they don't really think that they're being filmed and like this was just like john his personality how he'll always treat her you know and i did not like it
1: no you kind of forget that the cameras are there you get a little too comfortable
0: yeah that's interesting (laughs) So we have Millie and Chuck, they leave at 134 and then Tian and Jari leave at 136 and John and Al at 137. And when we were doing all these timestamps and people leaving the mat, I was like, wow, we don't even have that many teams left. I know we're down (laughs) to six teams. We're halfway through.
1: I have to say, I'm still devastated that Monica and Cherie were eliminated. I think that they are a very underrated team in the whole race franchise I just thought they were a joy to watch they always seemed to have fun together I loved how they looked out for Chip and Riken very early on in the race and I just felt like they were just a solid team um but it's just unfortunate that ugh, they got eliminated the episode before <laughs> I know yeah
0: we did love them mm-hmm. they yeah just like super nice to each other to the, the other teams they kind of flew under the radar yeah. but I kind of like that. Like these other teams in this season. I specifically John and Kelly, and we'll talk about that later. I'm just not loving, not loving their attitudes and like no. they're getting a lot of screen time for negative reasons. Oh yeah. Okay, so John and Kelly and John and Al. We have a lot of repeat names on this season. <laughs> <laughs> two, Daves, two Dave's, two Johns. It's all very confusing. But so they go to Victoria Station to take a train to Panvel Station, and it doesn't leave for an hour, or I mean, a few hours. So they get a hotel and try to get some more rest. And then Tian and Juri, they're headed to the Panvel Station in their taxi, like the rest of the teams. Their taxi is driving down the wrong side of the freeway, and like going. I mean, to they did not, not
1: love that. <laughs> 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 they did not like that at all.
0: And it's middle of the night, nice dark that. They- car doesn't even have its like headlights on when i was watching this part so i went to india in 2017 okay and i was like oh i'm not surprised by this i don't know if you experienced this like the vehicles or like the driving there was like no rules
1: nope nothing Like you don't even know if there's a a lane if there's turn like no it's like a free-for-all go as you please type of thing
0: Yeah. Like a two lane highway is literally five lanes. Yep. Like they, they really just do whatever they want and they are on their horn constantly. Constantly. Like I'm from like a small town, Utah and going (laughs) to this, I was like, I thought I was going to like get in an accident every day. (laughs) And then when cars that do get in accidents, they just leave their car on the side of the road and then hitch a ride with somebody else and just like hope it gets taken care i don't know it's just wild so this part i was like wow that's that's very like normal for that it tracks yeah it tracks it's like so scary so you're not used to it you're like what is going on (laughs) it's wild david and jeff they got dropped off at the wrong place they got dropped off at the old (laughs) panville station (laughs) they were like very confused on what's going on but didn't want to like be mean they were kind of funny about it they were like oh, is the other place nicer than this? <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, okay, we'll go there. <laughs> um, but these teams all eventually get to where they're wanting to go. Most of the teams sleep on the ground, except for those two teams that we said got a hotel. It looked like the train that we were talking about with Kelly and John, um, that situation where she didn't want to be pinched and he wouldn't like protect her or whatever. Um, they were taking a train to... The train. Yeah, yeah. That they have to go on long ride. But and then they all meet up at the Panvel station and get on that long train ride to Ernaculum Junction, which I think they said was twenty six hours, which is seems brutal.
1: <laughs> A long I mean, and even the teams were saying, like, I think it was Riken that was like, it just smells so bad. You just want to gag. And then you have uh, Jerry being like, oh my gosh, like I'm just so uncomfortable. Like it's just not ideal. And they are like sleeping on metal bunk beds and just, it didn't look comfortable for a 26 hour train ride.
0: Yeah, not at all. Jerry even compared it to a train to the gas chamber, which I thought was a little. Uh, that
1: was a cringe. There was, you know what? In the earlier seasons, especially this season, there's been a, a few cringe-worthy moments that, like, mm-hmm. just not politically correct. Um, yeah. Yeah. When she said that, I was like, oh girl, new.
0: No. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's probably a little bit of both, but it's like, okay, so in the later seasons, are people just more careful of what they say, or is production more careful of how they edit? It's probably a little bit of both, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff in the beginning seasons that I'm like, ugh. That wouldn't fly today. <laughs> yeah,
1: no. Hmm.
0: Well, some of them upgrade to go to first class. It was like sixteen dollars a person. Chuck and Millie decide that they wanted to save the money and stay where they were at. I feel like that's a good use of sixteen dollars. Oh,
1: I would have upgraded without question. Yeah. I think, I think sometimes you have to know, like in that situation, twenty-six hour train ride you're not going to be comfortable. So whatever you can do to give yourself a little bit of extra comfort where you can feel like you can get some kind of rest, that's going to mm-hmm. help you. Rest is like the one thing on the race that I don't think anyone can prepare for. Like the sleep deprivation is real that like, yeah, I would have happily said, take my money. I'm going to get first class and at least try to get comfortable or I can get some amount of sleep on this 26-hour train ride.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'll skip on the burger. I'll sleep on the train.
1: (laughs) Exactly. I would much rather sleep than eat because I think sleep helps your brain.
0: Mm -hmm. For sure. On this train ride, Kelly and John are sitting there next to Raikkonen and Chip and this is when they're really making fun of Millie and (sighs) again.
1: Yes, Millie Mole and the werewolf.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it. It is so off-putting to me that they just keep doing this and they think they're so funny.
1: It's like very catty, and it's almost like, like if we get to the psychology behind it, I feel like they're very much projecting. Because Chuck and Millie, sure, they have their quirks, but they're working really well together as a team. And it shows in their relationship, how they've been communicating, how they're racing, how they've been placing. And I just think John and Kelly clearly are not a cohesive unit and because chuck and millie seem to be they're obviously projecting and by doing that they're making fun of them makes them feel better about their relationship
0: Mm -hmm. yeah for sure i like that raikon and chip i mean they're sitting there and they're kind of laughing along with them but they're also like i want to go on record that i did not say that i'm not calling for that you know so that's good because it would be really easy to just like fall into the banter and just like you know but I like that they didn't do that. And I think another reason Kelly and John are kind of like this is, like, subconsciously, like, trying to isolate Chuck and Millie mm-hmm. away from, like, other teams. Because they even mentioned it on this episode, Chuck and Millie. They say, like, nobody, like, wants to form an alliance with us or, like, hang out with us or help us. Like, we're kind of on our own. Yep. And I think Kelly and John really like that. And they are helping with that.
1: But yeah they're definitely trying to draw a, a a wedge between the remaining teams from chuck and millie
0: after this very long train ride we get off the train they get into taxis and they have to travel down this highway 47 and look for a billboard with their clue and along this road there's like hundreds and thousands of billboards and all of them are red and yellow so it's really hard to kind of point out <laughs> the exact one that they need <laughs> But David and Jeff do find it, and the clue um, that they get there says travel 25 miles by taxi to Allopee and find this sports field. All the other teams are, you know, in their taxis. Chuck and Millie's taxi starts overheating and (laughs) just, like, pouring water into the radiator and just, like, it's no big deal. (laughs) Right. I love that the man like, focuses on the driver's feet, like he's not wearing any shoes. (laughs) Uh, it's so funny. This part is, yeah, and John and Riken's cab runs out of gas and stuff. So it seemed rough getting
1: Yeah, and even here. just like when when David and Jeff like saw the billboard, them being on the other side of the street and having to like run yeah. across like it was a game of Frogger, like the traffic is no joke. So that was just crazy to me.
0: Yeah, yeah. it seems like some of the teams did have the taxi like flip around uh, yeah. to other which probably was smarter and safer. <laughs> yeah, there's a few times that we're like, "How are? How is production letting them do this? This is not safe."
1: <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> okay, so we've arrived in Alepi, and what we like to do is kind of do like a little geography lesson at all the places that we go to. Love it. Love it. I'm going to get a little information on this area of India. So Alepi is located in the state of Kerala in India. So it's in the southwest side of india i have never heard of this city, yeah. so this was a new thing i haven't either but doing all this research is very interesting so we'll get to that but um in 2016 the center for science and environment rated Alepi as the cleanest town in india
1: wow
0: which i didn't really see on this episode especially
1: like, when they're being dragged through mud that didn't look yeah, very clean was- to me <laughs> <laughs>
0: so this town has a lot of canals and beaches and lagoons because it's located close to the arabian sea and like the indian ocean mm-hmm. and it's known as the venetian capital of india it's a major tourist destination so the kerala backwaters like a lot of people go there and so when i was looking it up you'll have to look it up when you have time but it looks so pretty like people take these tours all through, like, these lagoons and bayous and backwaters of India. And it's very green and, like, a lot of interesting animals and things like that. And it's, like, high-class tourism.
1: Interesting. Which
0: I don't see that in this episode, like...
1: Yeah, I mean, the, it clearly shows that it's come a very long way, especially because I think mm-hmm. this season was, what, 2002,
0: 2003? 2003,
1: yeah. Yeah, so I'm, like, it's obviously evolved it's grown and like that's that's really great like i love hearing that
0: so alepi is just a city in the state of kerala there's not a ton of information on specifically alepi besides like the tourism and stuff so i would love to go there but kerala specifically um it's the lowest positive population growth rate in india so at only 3.4 percent because india is just like booming like crazy the highest human developed index The highest literacy rate at ninety six percent, and the highest life expectancy, and um, the highest sex ratio with one thousand and eighty four women per one thousand men. Wow! And it's the least impoverished state in India.
1: Wow, that's amazing.
0: Yeah, interesting. So if you, if anybody listening has a need to travel to india look up this area because it looked really beautiful and very interesting so i did
1: yeah. i did do a little google while you were chatting so the pictures yeah. definitely look stunning and i like those
0: house it, boats. yeah all the
1: houseboats look so beautiful yeah. the canals the different rivers lagoons like you were saying stunning and then at the first sentence it says on this website i'm looking at it says that it's known as the venice of the east which i feel like makes sense with all the different canals and rivers and waterways that they have
0: Very pretty, but like like I like the way they edit this. They're kind of just in the streets with all the billboards and traffic, and so you don't really see that. But do a little bit of research if anybody. And a pile of mud and bull poop. So, (laughs) (laughs) which brings us to the roadblock. (laughs) (laughs) So David and Jeff show up to this location. This it's just like an open field that looks like that's kind of just filled with water. John and Al the clowns are right behind them and the clue is a roadblock which says who can put up with a lot of bull (laughs) how did you and Will decide who does the roadblocks did you just like take turns every time or yeah I mean like
1: the strategy going into it was we should just flip-flop like we should just go back and forth that way we make sure we always have even roadblocks. Cause the rule is like, you can only do four or five until your teammate has to do them too. So we were like, let's just go even back and forth. But that went out the window in episode two, when we had to do the circus trapeze act and De- Gary and D'Angelo run out of the tent and they look at us and they're like, it's, it's trapeze, it's trapeze. It's a lot of balance or whatever. And I was like, Oh, well, you have to do it. You're a dancer. Like it makes so much sense for you to do it. Like they're giving us like a, a hint um, yeah. and that was like the only time I think we really like fought on the race. Cause he's like, you like, this was our plan before we like <laughs> left and now you're messing it up. And I'm like, they were <laughs> trying to, they're trying to help us. Like, let's just roll with it. Um, so that was our initial idea going into it. eventually we did end up staggering and finding our, our footing with that. But yeah, with this, with this like rule, I think people definitely need to be mindful of who does the roadblock when.
0: It's not a rule in the first seasons because we've come out with teams that have done like every roadblock.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's yeah. And I'm glad they implemented that rule later on just because like if one person's just naturally gifted at everything, then it's just, I mean, in reality, it's a one person team. Like they're in a way are carrying the team on a way that the other person can't. So I'm glad they implemented that rule. Uh, But I always love the roadblocks and how clever Creative, witty, the little taglines are because sometimes Mm -hmm. it just really throws you off as to like what the task actually entails. So, Will and I always tried to be mindful to like, you know, an episode one when it was like, Who wants to steal the show? The word steal wasn't S T E A L, it was S T E E L. So, we should have known, Oh my God, steal drums, it's music, but (laughs) race brain, it didn't happen. And then later (laughs) on, we when we were in Germany and one of the clues were like oh who wants to feel the wind in their hair I immediately was like Will does uh, because this is definitely heights related um, just because like you can kind of tell based on your surroundings but with this one of like what was it like who who can put,
0: put up with what a bull. yeah
1: like that I wouldn't even have any idea what that would have entailed I would have been it would have been a crap shoot to decide what Will and I would have done I think to be funny I would have said like Will because he's like good at putting up with the bullshit I'm not um <laughs> so he might have ended up doing it and even like watching it I was like oh my god I, I don't know if I could do this this roadblock I I would <laughs> it would be an experience though it looks hilarious
0: yes so when you open the roadblock clue you can only read that tagline first and then you have to decide yeah and then you read what it actually is
1: yeah it's like a you know folded piece of paper with the tagline and then whoever decides rips it the piece of paper open it's a little bit more of a description as to like what the task is and then always in the same And the same clue envelope, there's like a additional printout called additional info. And that has a little bit more of a detailed explanation in terms of like what the rules of what you can and can't do are. They never show that on the show just because it's not really necessary. But and then you're like, okay, this is what I have to do to like get the clue.
0: Good to know. I guess I never like thought of that i know some of them seem so obvious and especially when you're the team like arriving after a few teams have already done it then you can like, see it
1: yeah, yeah see
0: what they're doing yeah they can see that these people are getting very dirty because mm-hmm. <laughs> what this task is is they have to hold on to a team of bowls the bowls are hooked up to this wooden post basically you have to hold on to the post as the bowls run through the mud about the length of a football field And you can't let go, and only one team can go at a time. So if you fall off or you let go, you have to go to the end of the line. So you Mm -hmm. have to make sure that you do it right the first time, which most of them do. David does the roadblock, and he got it on the first try. And then Al, and then Tian goes up to do the roadblock, and she is kind of struggling because, I mean, she has smaller hands than a male does, so she's, like, falling off. But And when they were reading the thing and jury is like tian you should do it i was like of course i feel like (laughs) tian has done every roadblock i really like jury but i really feel like tian has done all
1: i know wonder she's like getting so feisty like come on like she's been doing so much she's kind of carrying the team
0: she is very like she's a badass though she like does it on the second try or the third try maybe the third try yeah, me and Jessica are always like thinking, okay, if we read this roadblock, who would we say has to do it, you know, <laughs> and we always come to the conclusion that neither of us have upper body strength, and we wouldn't be able to do like half of the roadblocks. <laughs> we would both be so terrible at this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're gonna have to work on before we get on the race yeah. is our upper body strength. <laughs> Millie and Chuck arrive and Chuck does it on the first try. So everybody did it on the first try,
1: but Tian. Yeah, and I feel like she was kind of at a disadvantage because it seemed like it was her hands. Like she couldn't grip Mm -hmm. the way like all the others could. And so that really put her behind. It was kind of a disadvantage, which is unfortunate. But unfortunately, that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes on the race.
0: (laughs) It looked like a hard roadblock, but also I was really sad for the bulls. They were basically just like whipping them.
1: I know
0: and I didn't like
1: it. Yeah. It's, it's that fine line of obviously like respecting the other cultures and the country and the places that you're visiting, obviously different ways of life all across the world, but the biggest rule that, you know, is stress to us as racers is we cannot treat the animals like that. We are not allowed to like hurt an animal in any way or show any kind of like stress on an animal. Like the creator of the show is very adamant about that. So yeah, it's a, it's hard to watch, but also like it's their culture and they clearly love to do bull racing across a muddy field. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, because it's like a sport, is what they said, Mm -hmm. created over 100 years ago. So that's good to know that that's very, like, important to them and that they stress that.
1: Yeah, they do a really good job, I don't want to say coaching you, but, like, showing you how to do things properly. Like, when we ran with goats in the first episode in Tobago, they showed us how to hold the rope properly, how to control the goat. Like, it just... Just so that you're not hurting the animal because we're not we don't we're not professional goat racers, but they want us to at least be mindful that like this is a creature that you are now having to race with. So treat it with respect.
0: That's great. Yeah. Did we say what the route info was when they got the roadblock? I don't think so. Oh so David and David was the first one to finish. So that route info when he finished the detour or the roadblock was traveled through the town of Alepi to beach road and find the route marker so basically just travel to the next route marker yeah interesting
1: and like when he came out of the mud he was like soaked in mud and I, I i don't know why none of the guys didn't take their shirts off the last thing i want is to be wet or dirty while running the race especially with wet shoes like that's just an awful yeah. feeling yeah but none of these guys like took their shirts off or like did anything like that. And th- I mean, thankfully they had like that wash bin where they could like dump water on themselves afterwards to clean up a little bit. But I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> like I don't want to be dirty I while running the race. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I know you still have half a leg left. Like you're going to be miserable. Exactly. Yeah. They're like all in their taxis, like just so dirty and disgusting and they probably smell so bad.
1: Exactly. And- <laughs>
0: Those poor taxi drivers are like, why are, what? Get out of my car. (laughs) Well, when they get to that route marker, they get a detour clue there. And the choices are baskets or trunks. So baskets is they have to load 10 live chickens into these big baskets that are on this wagon at the back of a bicycle and deliver them to a farm that's located on a map. And trunks is they have to load two bales of this, Indian fabric onto an elephant and deliver that to uh, a shop that's also located on a map. The chicken task can be faster because, you know, as long as you can ride the bike quickly, then you'll get done quickly. And then trunks, the elephant, like you can only go as fast as the elephant will go.
1: Yeah, that was a big rule for Will and I after doing our season rewatches is that like if we're ever tasked with a detour where it's like an animal or non-animal related, always go the direction where we have more control because Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of seasons where a team who's like a really great team will get stuck at a task because like the animal that they're with is not cooperating or doing what they need them to do. And Will and I never wanted to be in a position where we're like, We don't have control of our situation. So unfortunately with this detour, both of them had animals because you are riding an elephant and again, you're, you can only go as fast as the elephant's going, but then you have chickens and you have to load those 10 live chickens into a basket, which may or may not, the chickens may not cooperate, but it didn't seem to be as hard of a detour as I think I was anticipating. But yeah, future no racers like if you can do a task without an animal, like I would highly encourage you to do it because you never ever know how that animal's temperament is going to be that day and it could really screw you up. If you can be more in control of your situation, that's always going to put you ahead.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah and I was actually surprised that so many teams chose the elephant one right yeah, they're all neck and neck right now there's no big gap in between the teams right now
1: the, it's very it's very lin- like that side of the detour which is why I think Will and I would have done baskets is the trunk side was very linear again if you're the first person at that detour you're going to be the first person to finish that detour yeah. because you're one elephant isn't going to go faster exactly. than the other like you are leading the path so you have no chance to really make up time or like to get ahead of the mm-hmm. other teams where this is why I love the amazing race because it's like game changing decisions that I think set some teams apart from others. And like the race from this point forward could have been drastically different had Chip and Riken taken the trunk side. Chip and Riken yeah. didn't do that because if they had, oh, there's no way they would have caught up. They would have 100% been behind Tian injury. Dana would have had a little bit of a leg up because they would have been done with the detour before, but because Chip and Riken chose trunks, I believe that is what saved them in the end because they were able to get it done a lot quicker, but they also didn't have to wait for the other teams and their elephants ahead of them. So it's just crazy how this race, it's like one decision can really make a difference. And I'm like, if Chip and Riken chose the other detour, I guarantee you they would have been eliminated.
0: I agree. I love elephants, and I know there's like already been a couple of instances, or at least one, where a team was like, "Let's choose elephants." I always want to do an elephant. I came on the race to like see an elephant. You know, it's like, well, use your million dollars to go right. see an elephant. <laughs> go well, to India. I, I, prime elephant.
1: example: Rupert and his wife Laura on the reality clash season when they were in like Vietnam or Laos. I forget which country. They had to like ride the elephant, and that's what put them behind. So, okay. I mean, that elephants were involved in that task, but they just had the wrong elephant that day, and it just, mm-hmm. yeah, it's too much of a risk.
0: I think we would have chosen baskets as well, even though I don't love chickens, but <laughs> I, I <laughs> birds, I would hate it every second of it, but I would have done it because yeah. <laughs> <it, laughs> I think it would have been the better choice for sure. Agreed. And then you also had one that could just run alongside, like one partner run alongside and just read the map. And direction. navigate.
1: Yeah. Like you, again, that you have so much more control over your environment and how the task is going to go. And it was a real, like, that was a real game changing moment, I think, in the race for Chip and Rankin specifically. Mm-hmm.
0: That was one of my favorite moments was um, – Chip says, like, or or no, Riken says, are you reading the map right? And Chip's like, I think so. I want to show you, but you're not stopping. I know. (laughs) Riken was
1: like 20, 30 feet ahead of Chip. And I was like, oh, my gosh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So all the teams, except for Riken and Chip, chose the elephant. Juri wanted to do the chickens. No, Tian. Oh, Tian wanted to do the chickens. But Juri was like, I think elephants will be easier. Why would, why would you care about easier at this point? Like, you know you are, like, at the end of a very tight group. Yeah. I-
1: Wait, remind yeah. me who said they wanted to do the chickens again?
0: Tian. She was like, I think we should do the chickens. And Jeri was like, no, I think the elephants will be easier. And then Tian just went Are we with surprised
1: it. She was- that Sheree was like, I want to do the easier?
0: Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it seems to be a it's- very common thread with it her. It checks out. It
1: checks out for her. Yeah. <laughs>
0: The elephants did seem to be going slow, and it was sad to see like them all wearing like chains around their ankles and stuff like that.
1: I I would agree, not a fan.
0: They didn't have like the saddles on their back, which I know like makes (laughs) like they all complained about that. They're like sitting on the spine of that elephant was very painful.
1: I know when (laughs) John was like, "I would much rather be dragged through that mud again than sit on an elephant for five minutes," and I'm like, "Really? Like it's that bad?"
0: (laughs) But yeah, at least they didn't have like the really hard saddles on the elephant that made it a little bit better. They were in so much pain. But yeah, the people were in pain, that's for sure. (laughs) John and Kelly and Millie and Chuck's elephants made a wrong turn at one point, but they seemed to get back on track pretty quickly. The first team to finish the detour was John and David? No, Jeff and David. Yes.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just it just like it, it was a very linear lag because yeah, like of the like who detour. started
0: first was who ended first.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: And that clue at the end of the detour was make your way to the pit stop. Um what did it The finishing point yeah. was what it was called. And this place serves as the finish line for this town's annual boat race. And the last team will be eliminated. So we're on lake seven and there's still not a non-elimination which they seem to do that. They like wait till the very end and do like three non-elimination points for like the last five teams. Mm -hmm. So it kind of seems like the second half of the season goes a lot slower than the first half.
1: It like drags out a little bit more. Yeah.
0: You see the same teams over and over again. Right. Mm -hmm they have to travel by taxi to get to that pit stop like we said team number one to check in was david and jeff and they won a seven night cruise to the western caribbean when they checked in though phil said you're the first team to arrive so i was like he only says that when they've done something wrong like you're the first Mm -hmm. team to arrive but you need to go back and do something again he didn't say you're team number one but then he said and you've you know, so it was kind of confusing. And he said that for all of the teams, he's like, John and Al, you're the second team to arrive. So mm-hmm. the last time he said it that way was when there was a team who did it wrong and had to go back. Yeah. yeah. Heather and Eve, you're the first team to arrive. However. Yeah. Yep. You took a taxi instead of walked. So you have to go back. <laughs> so, you know, after how many seasons have there been now? Like 34, you oh. like learn what Phil says and you're like, Oh,
1: always yeah yeah, you pick up on those things now with phil
0: yeah so how many number one um how do i how many times did you guys get first place we got
1: three total legs and then the fourth being the the finish line i would say four total
0: yeah so did you guys win some cool trips Yes. (laughs)
1: We uh, won a trip to Bali. We won a trip to Las Vegas. And then the other one was a cash prize. We um, did not do the Las Vegas trip. We figured we could do Vegas for a lot cheaper than the estimated total of the trip. And we were like, we do not want to pay taxes on a trip to Vegas. Um, And then the Bali trip, Will unfortunately couldn't do it. So he encouraged me to still redeem it. So I went on a trip with my best friend last September. And finally got to do the trip, um, which was it was an incredible trip. It was they do a really good job with the prizes. So
0: that sounds awesome. And it's only we're only on like leg seven, and this is like the only the second trip that they gave away. Yeah, I was gonna gonna say
1: I hadn't seen consistency with (laughs) trips except. The first episode still blew my mind away when all three teams checked in the pit stop together and then they all got prizes. I was like, what in the hell? Like, that would not fly anymore. Like, Phil's just out here giving trips to Hawaii to anyone who just stepped on the mat.
0: Come on. (laughs) If that was the case, then everybody should just, like, wait for each other.
1: Exactly.
0: (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, this is like the first time he had to like think on his feet. He's like, um, you all win. (laughs) And American Airlines was like (laughs) (laughs) Um, so team number two to check in were John and Al. I really I feel like I didn't hear them meant like even talk this episode. They really just kind of like really flew under the radar and they just kinda they've kind of been like that the whole time. Mm -hmm. They don't cause drama and you know, so they just are kind of there. But they're great. We like them. Yeah,
1: it's wild. To- I've actually interacted with Al before. He's a really nice guy, and I was like, "Oh yeah, they're on this season." I forgot, and then like by the time the premiere episode finished of the season, and they check into the pin stop, I was like, "Wait, where were John and Al for like the first forty minutes? Like they were hardly shown no. in the first few yeah. episodes. It was so bizarre." Where like nowadays, I'm like, I feel like they do a really good job at showcasing everybody
0: yeah even screen time but yeah
1: that g- hardly they were practically invisible at the beginning of this mm-hmm. season
0: mm-hmm. yeah that happens a lot where just they like come up to the finish line and we're like oh i totally forgot they were here because we didn't see them at all
1: yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> team number three were kelly and john and then we jump back to tian and Dries. their elephant is going pretty slow and Chip and Ryken get to the wrong chicken farm. So it really is kind of like, who's <sighs> this gonna, gonna win? be? Yeah. <laughs> kind of like up in there. You don't know what's gonna happen. Team number four to check in were Millie and Chuck. And then this is like, you know, the typical ending who's gonna turn the corner first? Who is it gonna be? And it was Ryken and Chip. And they were team number five. So obviously, Tian and Drew were team number six. And I was glad that Riken and Ship were the ones to stay in out of these two teams. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I agree. I just think from a viewing standpoint, like I was just tired of the bickering between Tan and jury at this point. I was like, enough's enough. I, I think I just felt like their time on the race. It was time. I, I also just wish Monica and Sheree had been in this lag and Tan and tree went the episode before, but um yeah it was it was time for for them to go
0: yeah they did seem to be getting along a little bit better this um like in their time in India than they had previously yeah yeah they run up to the mat and I think that they don't think they're being eliminated because they're all happy and they're like hey Phil and he's like you're (laughs) You're the last team to arrive, you have been eliminated and Jorie was like, "Really?" Mm-hmm. She was really <laughs> like surprised. she was genuinely surprised.
1: Yeah, I think as maybe they had thought like Chip and Ricin would do trunks and then sure that would make sense. Like
0: they would be behind them.
1: Probably would have beat them, but yeah, I, yeah, it just goes to show that like anything can happen on the Amazing mm-hmm. Race.
0: Yeah, they even say, we stopped fighting and now we lose. Like, we should have kept fighting. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: it's better to go off, uh, go out on a high note. You know, like Cindy and yeah. Russell, like, were Hot Mess Express and they literally left practically broken up. Like, they just were not a good team. Or I'm like, Tanjuri, at least you can end your experience on a high note.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Our post-race recap about Cindy and Russell, I don't know if you know this, they never spoke again after the race. They left and they've never talked again.
1: (laughs) I mean, shoot, it makes sense. Like they were, John and Kelly looked like saints next to them, you know? Like they just were not working well together. And, you know, I even said in our pre-interview for our season of the race, like, there's a quote by Bill, Bill Murray that says, if you love someone, travel the world. And if you still love them when you get back, marry them at the airport. You truly learn so much about someone when you travel. And I just, sure, like even Cindy said it in one of the episodes, like when we're home, like we're great. We're so good together. but travel with your significant other and like really put that to the test and they did and it clearly did not work out for those two
0: it was not for them no well and like this not even travel but the heightened you know the stakes of the amazing race that is just like another added level to that too so yep Yeah, I think, well, Cindy and Russell were a very interesting relationship, but I think Tian and Dree were an interesting relationship too. They said they were like friends. I'm like, are you friends? You guys don't even seem like you like each
1: other. Yeah, it was odd. Unless, like, they're because they're models, that maybe their modeling agency was like, you guys should go out for this show together. Mm. Who knows?
0: That's true. Yeah, I don't know. I'm glad they're eliminated. They weren't all bad. (laughs) You know, nobody's all bad, but no, yeah. I want to see Riken and Chip continue. Yes. Something's gotta go, right?
1: (laughs) Sadly, but it's true.
0: (laughs) So their race statistics, their average placement was five point four three. So they took eleventh in the first leg and then fourth, fourth, first, seventh, fifth, sixth. So Mm They were almost eliminated and then they started doing better and then kind of progressively got worse. So we only got that first place because of a fast the forward. The fast forward. Yeah. So we didn't have a fast forward in this leg, did we? Mm-mm. I
1: saw I saw the clue. Um but we yeah, saw just, the
0: green paper, but <laughs> Yeah, just
1: apparently no one went for it.
0: <laughs> um and they did better than I thought they would, honestly. Like after the first leg, I was like, Yeah, they're going soon. So and Tian did six roadblocks. Jury did zero. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is not an even team at all. No,
1: no, no, no.
0: So we did talk about this a little bit. Um, the This amazing race Wikipedia is kind of like our Bible on <laughs> like all this post-race yes. stuff. Yes. And so according to this, the bull racing has never been done by a woman. So Tian was, like, the first woman to do it. And so, like, some of her fans were mad and were, like, the race is rigged. Like, this is the reason that the male teams win is because the ch- the challenges are designed to favor the men. So, you know, it does kind of make sense. She was the only one that had to do it again. But she did it. And <laughs> so you mean in the 100-year history that they have had the sport, there's never been a woman until I, her? That's what it says. Wow. Wow.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunately like a huge part of the race, right? Like, we were told before we even left, like, the creator of the show sat us down and said, the race is designed for any team to win. And I am a firm believer that that's, that's true. And unfortunately, with this situation, you know, it would be one thing if Tian never got it. Then I'd be like, that's a little sus. That's really unfair. She clearly got it on her third attempt. And even the guy, the local guy was even saying, you need to hold it correctly. So I was under the impression, like she just wasn't holding it the proper way from the jump. Mm-hmm. And it took her three attempts to finally nail down the technique, which is why it took her so long. But I it's interesting that Wikipedia says that about TN.
0: Yeah. And I feel like it seems like in the earlier seasons, the t- the challenges are a little bit more physical than mental. I think they've gotten better at that over the years to kind of make it more evenly. Like this is a skill-based task. This is a physical task, you know. Mm-hmm. Like when we were watching your episode just recently and you had to do that, the turban mashing the pillars <laughs> I yes. love those tasks. Yeah. Like I love the mental ones. Those are and they don't do very many of those in these first few seasons.
1: No, and and team Guido said it best in the first season though, like I really do think with the race, like you don't have to necessarily be the strongest. You just have to be the smartest. Um, which is very interesting very early on, because I do think you're right. I do think the race is a lot more physical. But yeah, the the race just has evolved. The evolution of the amazing race is honestly mind-blowing and it's what i think makes the show so incredible and unlike any other reality competition show and it's why they're nominated time and time again for the emmys mm-hmm. it's just it truly is no pun intended but like it's an amazing show it's unlike anything that's out there and it just i really hope there's more life in it in the years to come I
0: too. i would be very sad if the day ever comes that they
1: Cancel it. I'm
0: sure at some point they'll have to, but no, not anytime soon, we hope.
1: No, agreed.
0: <laughs> so currently in 2023, Tian is 51 and Jerry is 54. So that's also very weird. When people are like in their 30s 20 years ago, I just feel like they should still be in their 30s. And so now when they're in their 50s and 60s, I'm like, what?
1: Oh. Right? So yeah i there's so many i feel like they could come back and do the race now and like on a future season it's like it's they're still in my mind still young like they could still do the race um which would be interesting yeah i mean like colin and christy season five coming back for season 31 and like their arc their evolution like incredible so it would be really cool Mm -hmm. to see almost like a Amazing Race second chance where they bring back some of the earlier teams and see how they do in this like new era of Amazing Race.
0: Yeah. You should pitch that. I should. (laughs) Next
1: time I see the creators, I'll be like, hey, I have an idea for (laughs) y'all.
0: Well, now Juri is a photographer and Tian is, well, according to her Facebook, she's an executive matchmaker. She works for like a matchmaking company to match rich men with women who want to date richmond okay <laughs> nice. Sadie, sadie's all about this yeah i'm like what's her info I mean... <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting job yeah, and I, I don't know if still a
1: i just pulled up her facebook yeah i'm curious to know if they're still friends
0: it I looks like jerry
1: jerry is friends with chip on facebook she's friends oh, with good. al one of the clowns on facebook but then when I go to um, Tans, it doesn't look like that.
0: <laughs> oh, interesting! It is. It is always like, uh, yeah. I mean, we've talked about this before too. Like when it's when it's a married couple, usually they stay married. If it's a dating couple, like they break up or stay together. But like a friend couple, it's like we never know if they're they stay friends after the race.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> especially them I I would doubt it yeah but Monica and Cherie still are
0: yeah yay yes we did talk about them they're great yeah we like them a lot they sh- they should be one of the ones that come back
1: they're god they're such an underrated team I tweeted it when I was rewatching it today people are like yes those are my mothers we love Monica I am like, <laughs> Monica and Cherie were like really just I think in the earlier seasons one of the most memorable like female female teams yeah. Um, until the bowling moms come along in season five. But I think, yeah, Monica and Cherie would be a really fun team to see see race again.
0: Their elimination was kind of like, it didn't really show much of them in their episode. And it was just like, oh, they're last. It, goodbye. It was, yeah, I it wonder, was kind of-
1: I I went down a rabbit hole when I tweeted about them and someone tweeted me an <laughs> interview that they did with Monica and Cherie a few years ago. So I'm I'm going to watch that tonight when I cooked oh. dinner just because now I'm curious to like hear what they've been up to and like mm-hmm. what happened on their, their time on the show. And yeah.
0: I, there's not a lot of girl, girl teams. And now we've just lost two in a row. And that's sad to see the only girls left are Kelly Millie and Millie, Kelly and Millie. And they don't even like each other. <laughs> so.
1: It's almost the same configure. I mean, it is the same configurations as our season of Three all male teams and two male female teams in the top five. Um, Almost identical.
0: Well, speaking of that, do you still like keep in contact with the people on your season?
1: Of course. Yes. We have a group chat on WhatsApp with everybody still. And obviously when we came back from filming the race and from the period of coming back until the show aired, that WhatsApp group was popping. Like we're always talking, always chatting. We had two big cast reunions during the wait time of our season airing. We did a huge reunion at Gary's house in Florida, which was so much fun. About 11 of us went. And then the second reunion we did about 19 out of 22 of us went and we got an Airbnb in Austin, Texas, and we had a great weekend together. And then unfortunately we had all these plans to, you know, rewatch the show together and relive it and do viewing parties. Like most seasons get the opportunity to do, but it just the timing of it with being in the middle of a global pandemic we really got to we really missed out on doing all those things and i think that was really hard for our cast cuz after waiting two years we were really excited to reunite and actually watch our experience back and like it's real it actually happened and but after our season aired you know a lot of us kind of Stop talking as much in the WhatsApp. I mean, people still check in for birthdays or special occasions, like Cody, one of the catfish boys, got married recently. And so we were all talking about his wedding and congratulating him. Um, and then for our wedding, everyone was invited, but about 12 showed up. Um, which was incredible. And then Kelly, one of the Olympians, she officiated our wedding. And Aparna from Ishwar and Aparna, she was in my wedding party. Um, so yeah, we're we're still very close. That we obviously it's like smaller groups that keep in touch. We just saw Haley and Kalen three weeks ago in Charleston, and I think we actually keep up with Haley and Kalen and Leo and Alana the most, which people are always surprised to hear. Um, but yeah, they're, they're the ones I think we're the closest to. And then of course, Riley and Madison, just cause they're, they live here in Southern California. But I, we really got lucky with our cast. Like we're, it's a really good group of people and no one took the race hard. No one took anything personally. And we all understood yeah. it was a race at the end of the day. And yeah, yeah. we walked away with some really great friendships from it.
0: That's so cool. That's
1: so cool. I uh, love
0: that. Is it typical to have such a long time in between filming two when it actually airs? Like, why no. was that so long?
1: Well, so we so initially Will and I were in casting for season thirty one, and that's when they decided to flip the script and make it a reality clash season. So we went to finals, and they told us, "Hey, like, we, we really love you guys, but it's just not going to work out for this season." we'll call you in a couple of months to see if you're still interested. I'm like, you can literally call me any day, anytime, anywhere. Like I will always be interested. Um, And then they, of course, they followed up with us four months later and they said, Hey, we're gearing up for casting for 32. And we would love to have you guys on the show, put you back in the mix if you're interested. And we're like, duh. Um, So 31 filmed four months before ours. So they had two seasons banked and then 31 didn't air until the summer of 2019. And then we had hoped ours would air in the fall of 2019. But I think CBS knows that the amazing race is such a great show that no matter when they air it and whether it's mid season, fall season, spring season, whatever, the ratings are going to be there. It's a, it's a great, family show. It's a household name. Everyone knows what The Amazing Race is, at least I would hope. Um, so they they held on to our season, and then that's when the pandemic started, because we were supposed to air in the spring of 2020. Um, mm-hmm. And at the height of the pandemic, it didn't make sense to promote world travel. It just wouldn't have been a really good look, especially mm-hmm. with Travelocity being a huge sponsor for the show like it just wouldn't make sense so they held it and then they aired it later that year and it was a really you know as much as it sucked to have it air during a global pandemic I think that it was something that everyone needed at the same time just because it offered a sense of escapism and people were reminded Mm -hmm. of how beautiful the world is and how there's just so many incredible things and places and people to meet and see that it just, it was kind of a good show to air at that time. So it sucked waiting for two years, but um, I'm glad it finally aired.
0: (laughs) I had all of those feelings. I was like, I just need some amazing race so that I can feel like life is a little bit more, normal yes (laughs) yes
1: be reminded of how much good there is and beauty there is Mm -hmm. in the world during a time where it felt so hopeless and just frustrating and yeah Mm -hmm.
0: and I think that's another reason why like your season is actually so memorable because it was at such a good time but also everybody in your season was nice thank you
1: (laughs) I think so too (laughs) and I know our season gets a lot of a lot of slack I mean People always are frustrated about the alliance or how we use the U-turns and the, yeah, like people always look for something to hate and criticize. And I get it. And like, it just, yeah, our cast, we, we, people are always so shocked to hear how close we were. And like, we really were like, even when we were at pit stops and they're like, you can't talk to the other teams, you know, like earlier seasons, you can mingle, you can chat, you can hang out later seasons, they don't do that anymore, but our cast, they couldn't yeah. stop us from talking. Like we would, we would <laughs> literally be at like the breakfast buffet at the hotel and we're all like blah, 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 like chatting up a storm and producers like, you guys can't talk. And like, eventually they just stopped caring because we just had that much fun together. When the cameras weren't rolling and it wasn't race mode, we were just people who really loved getting to know each other. But when the race was on and the cameras turned on, it was like, oh, you got to go. Like, I,
0: <laughs> you
1: are not even a thought in my mind. But that's what made our cast so great is everyone just understood that at the end of the day, it was just a race. And, yeah.
0: And, of course, it ended in an engagement, which <laughs> is so awesome. I love that. I like, the Yeah,
1: it was very surreal. It was an out-of-body experience. I mean... From the being told we won, and then Will getting down on one knee, I was like, "What in the hell is happening?" Like I couldn't even speak. Um, it was a wild moment, just because Will's—you know—he's a pretty intimate guy. Like I, I just that for him to do it like on that scale, like that was a big gesture for him, and it was just very special, and yeah, definitely caught me by surprise. <laughs>
0: so So you like you had no idea if he have you asked him or you probably know if you guys wouldn't have one first place would he still have proposed to you at the finish line yes
1: he told me that no matter what place we would have come in we we he still would have proposed um just because he knew how much of a dream it was for me to be on the show and him in his little speech when he proposed being like it's my dream to marry you like it didn't matter if we won or not. We already felt like we had won just even crossing the finish line. Um, but he told me after the fact that producers, when we were in Cambodia, they're like, well, when are you going to do it? And I'm like, they pulled you aside and talked to you about this. Like, where was I? He's like, anytime, he's like, anytime we slipped away to the bathroom, producers would come up to me like, are you going to do it? Like, is this the, t- is this the leg you're going to propose? And I was like, no, we're so close to the end. Like I'm going to wait till we win the whole damn thing. Um, he almost did it in the Philippines, he said. He almost did it there because the Philippines was our first like international trip together as a couple. And so the Philippines um, holds a special place in our life and our relationship. And it was just a really shitty day with that city sprint. And he was like, uh uh-uh. uh. And it was just like we wanted to celebrate with our three teams at the pit stop anyway. So just yeah.
0: How did you guys meet?
1: So long story short, he was on America's Next Top Model in 2014. I I was an assistant to the casting director. So like I had no hand in casting. I just got people their lunch orders, got them coffee. So I had met Will through the process. And then um, I knew the moment I met him, I was like, oh my God, there's something really special about him. I feel weird. Like I have butterflies. And so he felt obviously filmed the show. And so we didn't have contact for a while. And then after he finished filming, he reached out to me and was like, Hey, how's it going? And I was like, well, like you were thinking of me during this whole time. He was like, Oh, yeah. Like he's like, I talked about you with the the girls in the house. And so okay. that's how we met. And it just Yeah, it was always meant to be <laughs> as cheesy as that sounds. That's fun. I love
0: yeah, that. you'd be surprised how often uh, America's Next Top Model comes up on this show on our <laughs> podcast. We talk about it at least once a season. <laughs> I
1: love it. I love it.
0: That's perfect. <laughs> um, was there anything? Oh, what are you up to now?
1: The pandemic, you know, forced me to make a pivot, if you will. I was working on a talk show. I was doing all their social media coordination for like three years, and oddly enough, my boss on the show. Is Laura, who won season 26 of The Race. So she was my boss when I left to go film the show. And it was a really cool, weird life moment. But um, I ended up leaving the show because of the pandemic. We can't film shows. So I took a pivot. And for a full year, I was unemployed. I was like, what am I going to do? Like, where do I even find work? We're in the middle of a pandemic. So I like put up on my Facebook, like I have been unemployed for a year. Like I need a job. And this guy who I was friends with was like, Hey, have you ever thought about working in casting? And I was like, well, for what, what kind of casting is like uh, reality shows and game shows. And I was like, well, duh, like these are my favorite types of shows to watch. And he's like, I think he's <laughs> really it good. <laughs> um, so since, you know, mid 2021 I've been working in casting freelance and I've, jumped around from different projects and I've been just working as a casting associate and it's been a lot of fun being on this side of the, the veil, if you will. And um, so yeah, I, I, I work in unscripted. It's I, I love what I do.
0: That's so interesting. I've like, you don't ever think about that as a job. Yeah. That, that's
1: really cool. Yeah. And the like, biggest show I just did was the golden bachelor, which is the spinoff of the bachelor. Oh, so I yeah. helped, I helped find the bachelor for the golden bachelor, which was so much fun. Um,
0: that is awesome. Yeah.
1: It'll be, it'll be a fun show. I can't, I personally can't wait to watch it, but that was the biggest show that I did. Everything else I've done has been like more pilot projects where it's like a development thing where they're like, we want to see if this show will work. So like, Let's see if mm-hmm. we can cast it. So nothing that has ever gone to air, um, but The Golden Bachelor is the biggest show that I've done so far, so.
0: Oh my gosh, that's so cool. I'm so excited for that. Yeah, I haven't good. even watched The Bachelor and Bachelorette for a few seasons, mm-hmm. but I'm definitely watching Oh yeah, the
1: Senior Citizen one. Oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. I
0: think I'm going to just like cry every second of every episode. Oh, and <laughs> the, st-
1: the stories are so good. And like The Bachelor himself is just a really great human being and yeah he's a really good story for the show so I think people are really gonna like it
0: that's awesome awesome. love it and Will is doing good
1: he's good yeah we just bought a house together it's like the next thing on you know checking off on our our life list if you will so now that we're slowly getting settled we're hopefully in the next year gonna start looking at building a family together, which is something we talked about on the race quite a bit of just like adopting or fostering, or we're just really excited to be dads. And he's working for the state of California and thriving, working on a lot of projects that are involved around like global warming and climate change. So he's really passionate to be working on those projects. And we're, we're good. We're, we're really happy. And just loving life post Amazing Race, but we're we're hoping that they call us again because we're ready to do it all over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we would, yeah, we
0: would love to see you guys again. We're
1: in a perfect world. We are like, you know, if Survivor can do an all-winner season, Amazing Race can do an all-winner season. And it would be so cool to see. That would you. be
0: crazy. Oh,
1: Because there's so many like iconic like teams from like the earlier seasons that like, as a fan, like even if I didn't win the show, even I was never on the Amazing Race, just to watch these like winners go at it for like one final yeah. victory lap would be so cool to watch. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm manifesting as a vic- a victory lap season of Amazing Race. Oh, I love.
0: What that. are what are your feelings on Flo, the <laughs> winner of season three? <sighs> we had we had some thoughts about her.
1: <laughs> Good old Flo. Uh, You know what? I got to hand it to her. She was the first woman to an amazing race. Yes. um, Which, you know, good for her. It was an incredible moment, I'm sure. Um, She was a tyrant. Like, she was hard. (laughs) She's hard to watch, right? Um, But she is a memorable winner at that. Uh, She's definitely made her mark. On the Amazing Race franchise, Um, I think a lot of people compare her to Brooke from season 29. Flo is, she's a character.
0: That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that'd be interesting to have her on the victory lap, though.
1: Oh, right. Well, that would be what I feel like the interesting thing is is like, do you bring back couples? Because some couples are like divorced now, like Dave and Rachel are no longer together, clearly after their time on The Amazing Race. Zach and Flo, like get out of here. Those two are definitely not together. Um, So it'd be interesting almost to see if they did like uh, what they did for 29, where they just bring back 22 individual winners from different teams, and then you had to run the race with a different partner. That would be cool. Hmm.
0: Well, hmm. we're hoping that happens. That's but what, what do I, do I know? know? It's not like I'm
1: a fan of the show or anything. I just <laughs> just throwing that idea out there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. Well, we so appreciate you doing this. Of course, this so much fun. Of course,
1: again, like I always love a good excuse to talk about the Amazing Race. I love the show. I've grown up on the show. It's clearly changed my life in so many ways that I'm forever grateful of. Um, so any other season rewatch you do, feel free if you want me to pop in for a little cameo. I would love to take a trip down memory lane, especially for family edition. I think I'm like one of the fewer <laughs> fans out there that like ride or die. Love it's, love it's so underrated. It's like one of my favorite probably top 10 seasons of amazing race. And a lot of people hate on it because it's different. And I'm like, but that's what makes it so great. Yeah, Yeah. It's a train wreck. The team, the casting is like incredible. (laughs) Um, And I've, I've had the pleasure of meeting the Weaver family from that season. I've interacted with the Gaggin family from that season. I've met Stassi before she was on Vanderpump Rules. Like, I just love the family edition. I did like a college essay about the family dynamics on that. Like, (laughs) please when you recap or redo and rewatch that season let me join you for an episode because i love it
0: (laughs) we definitely will ask you we talk about it all the time i love love it it. yes we love it and they go to
1: utah (laughs) they go to utah
0: (laughs) yeah yeah we do (laughs) speaking of if you and will ever have a need to come to salt lake or utah let us know we would love to show you around you guys might have been here already but well you know
1: fun kids? story I actually lived in Salt Lake for a hot minute I had like a little quarter life crisis when I was like 24 I was like 23 I was like I, what do I do with my life I need to leave I need to change so I packed up and moved to Salt Lake went I got accepted into the University of Utah I got a bit at a fraternity I had my own radio show lined up I was working for the college newspaper and after four weeks I was like I need to go back to LA like what am I doing here but I i i love salt lake it's a beautiful city the people are incredible there they're very friendly and i one of my best friends from high school still lives there so i definitely make trips to salt lake city from time to time so next time i'm there i will let you all know
0: yeah and we are in southern california every once in a while too
1: then you have to 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 let me know when you come to southern california
0: (laughs) this has been so much fun we're gonna release this episode On August sixteenth, this is like the first episode of our second batch. I don't know if you are familiar with that, but August sixteenth is
1: awesome. Episode, but amazing, amazing. Well, thank you so much for letting me join, and I just really appreciate that y'all are doing this because it's it's an incredible show, and I love that you're rewatching it.
0: Oh, thank you. We're just having fun. Yeah, we're happy (laughs) to do it. It's just. (laughs) we're moms, we have little kids. And so it's just like, I love it. our fun thing that we get to do. So
1: we'll keep it up. It's so much fun.
0: Oh, thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much. We'll talk to you an- another time. We hope. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This is the amazing rewatch podcast. You can email us at the amazing rewatch at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at The Amazing Rewatch, or you can join our Facebook group, The Amazing Rewatch Podcast. Please like, rate, and review and share with your friends and reach out to us. We love to hear from you. Thanks for your support and thanks for listening. Bye.